Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 uh, today. And um, I hope this brings comfort to you because this week, one of the things that we're in as we looked at Daniel chapter 3 is we were talking about seeking first the kingdom of God. And that's what those young men were doing. And so for us, I know that our family has been going through some things. And I know there's other families here in the church that are going through. Our, I mean, I, you know, our, we have our Teresa's mom that's been going through MRI, MRI testing and stuff. And, and so there's stuff that's going on. And, and honestly, if you look at the things that are going on in the world as well, it's so easy to get focused on the world and not on the eternal. And so I hope this is encouraging to you all today. We're taking just a little break from the book of Mark. We'll be back in Mark next Sunday. In Mark chapter 7, we'll actually finish the chapter. And this was something that as, as we were looking at Daniel, I was like, I really need to teach this on Sunday. Um, because I, I needed it. I'll be honest with you. It's a reminder. It was one of the first verses that I came to know as a Christian. And uh, because I could understand it. There was not a whole, you know, for me it was like, yeah, I can put my mind on things above. I can seek the things that are, you know, that was easy. Because it, it was so easy for me to focus on the world. So let's go ahead and uh, read the Word of God in, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. If you want to stand with me, you can do that. If you can, uh, and we'll read it, it'll be quick. And in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Uh, when, when Christ, who is your, uh, your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. Uh, we do pray uh, for um, all of us, Lord, that, uh, that we would set our minds on the things that are above, to seek you uh, first in our lives, Lord. Uh, I do pray, Lord, we have uh, a brother here that uh, that's, uh, has a dad that just went into hospice, and we just lift up the family and just pray for them. Um, and we, we pray again for Teresa's mom and anyone else that may have par parents that are getting up in age and, and uh, are, are preparing to, to be with you, Lord. Um, we pray for uh, that you would strengthen us through that process, Lord, and, and help us uh, provide peace in that process. And we pray, Lord, for those that are, uh, that are here that came in that may be be weighed down by the things of this world, weighed down by the news or the 
just the, the things that seem to be chaos right now in this world, we just pray, Lord, that we can set that aside and be in your word. And we also pray for those that are online watching that you would quiet the house down, uh, quiet the distractions down so they can uh, receive your word as well. And so we thank you, Father God, for all that you're doing. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. So I entitled this The Christian Mindset and Seeking the Things That Are Above. We'll just look at it simply in two parts. And in verse 1, seek the things that are, uh, that are above. And in verse 2, set your mind on the things that are above. Um, as we look at this verse, one of the things that we struggle with, and the reason why we struggle with trying to... Um, you know, it's funny, I'm sitting there thinking. And I can't remember when, when we had we stopped putting the curtains because there was no people here. Because all you saw was chairs, but praise God, right? That's, that's awesome. I don't know why that, that just, <laughs> that was the original reason for the curtains. But praise the Lord, man. Praise God that what God is doing. So um, one of the things that, that I love about this verse, this was one of the first verses that I came to know as a Christian. Um, and, and, and the thing that we struggle with is the, there is this battle that happens in our lives between the, the, the spirit and the flesh. And, and so when we look at the, the things that are eternal, that's really what's happening in your life as you battle the spirit and the flesh. It's, it's broken down in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. And so there's this battle, this struggle that happens Every day in your life that you wake up until you go home to be with the Lord. I, I think we had a, somebody explain it to us is when you take your last breath here, you're born into heaven. That's a beautiful way to, to think about it that way. Because when we, we lost two people in our church um, very, very quickly, it was like, you know, that, that was one of the, I, I don't know if it was Teresa, one of the husbands or somebody had said that and it was just like, it was a great way of, of looking at it. It's not easy. But until you go home to be with God, this is your struggle every day, each one of us. Each one of us, especially as believers. So when we look at these Scriptures, these Scriptures are dealing with that as a believer. The things that you'll struggle with, are there's three categories of sin that you struggle with. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, it says, uh, For all... That I have all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from uh, the Father, but is from the world. So you deal with three categories of sin. The lust of the flesh, that's sexual cravings. Covetousness is the lust of the eyes, that's the second. I want this, I want that position, I want, you know, I need that new car, is that, all that stuff right that's the lust of the eyes pride of life i need to be the center of the whole world that's that's how that that is and so when we look at this what happens is as we go through this in our life uh, a lot of people can get battle fatigued or shell shocked from being through this because there's this constant battle of the flesh and the spirit happening and you may feel like sometimes that the flesh is winning 
And I can tell you, if you spend less time in your Bible, you spend less time in prayer, you stop going to fellowship, and you're going to be battle fatigued. The, the flesh is just going to have its way with you. The reason why I'm going over this is because there's a therefore in most of your Bibles in Colossians chapter 3. There's actually a point that goes back because if we look at the context of Scripture, we need to look at Colossians chapter 2 verse uh, 20 before we get started. Now remember, Colossians chapter 1 and 2 deals with sound doctrine. It deals with the supremacy and the sufficiency of Christ. And then when we get to Colossians chapter 3 and 4, it deals with your true spiritual, spiritual duty, living out your life in, in your relationship with Jesus in chapters 3 and 4. But let's look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, Since you died with Christ to the element, uh, elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use are based merely on human commands and teachings. It's kind of funny you think, think about that. When you read that, it says that all this is destined to perish. So why would we spend so much money trying to save it, right? We know that this world is going to go, it's done. We can spend all kinds of money thinking that we can save it, but you can't save what's coming with Jesus Christ. The second coming of Christ is He's going to judge this world. No world leader, no new world order, none of that stuff's going to be able to save it. So they can push all the green energy and all that stuff, but it's not going to save it. One of the things that I remember is, is um, Joe would always share this story, our pastor about the monks that, that decided that they were going to try to control their lives by having a vow of poverty, which was lust of eyes, having a vow of celibacy, which was lust of the flesh, and have a vow of humility, which was pride of life. And so what they would do is they would pull themselves away from the world and live by themselves and not talk to each other. And they would try to control the flesh, which you cannot do. And so what would happen is they would have a bad thought or they would have a, a lustful thought or they would have something where they were being prideful and they would have to throw themselves into the bush. It was a thorn bush. And you kind of knew who was struggling that day, right? Imagine what it would be like if we did that. We'd all, I'd be all tore up. You know, I'd look, I, I, I would look bad. But it, it's a reminder to us that we have no control over those things. We have the Holy Spirit that resides in, a, in, in us, and we're supposed to be understanding that the power of the Holy Spirit is what we should be connected to. And, and that's why when we get to Colossians 3, that's why he says in, in verse 22, Colossians chapter 2, verse 23, he says, Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom. That's very important. It has an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Uh, very simply, you have no power over your sin. Only Jesus does. And so that's why it goes into Colossians. It's in chapter 3, it's dealing with a very practical way of living. Uh, and, and, 
you know, for us as Christians, that's one of the things that we, we need to always be is to be faithful, available, and teachable in Christ. And, and we see that struggle. We talked about that struggle as the parable of the sowers. That's why sometimes the seed just gets swooped up on people. The seed hits the ground and, and the, the birds come and it's gone, right? And that's even for people in the church sometimes. You, you're, you come in and, man, the, the seed goes down and you walk out the door and you're off to, your, off to the races. And the bird comes and snatches the seed before it can take root. You need to have good soil. And all. Uh, it's, soil is such an important component, right? Good soil. And so when we get into Colossians 3 verse 1, what it's dealing with is dealing with, you know, the whole chapter from chapter 3 to, to verse 6 in chapter 4 is how you're supposed to live. To put off, take these things, put them off, and then put these things on. And it deals with your marriage and your kids. And, and so it's a wonderful chapter, but when we, you can't do any of that stuff. You can't put off and you can't put on any of those things until you, you do verses 1 through 4. It's the first part of it. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek uh, the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And so he's, he's talking about the resurrection here. Uh, because we were raised with Christ, we should act as Jesus did when He was resurrected. This is very important for us. Is if we act as if Jesus was when He was resurrected, Jesus left the tomb. You need to leave your house. Right? It was very easy for us to be kind of quarantined. It was kind of scary the way the church just went along with it in some ways. Uh, if, you know, it, at the same time, if masks work so well, why weren't we uh, there with masks then? You know, it just didn't make any sense. But we have to come out of the tomb. We have to live in the community. That's what we were doing yesterday. You know, being a part of the community. If we're, if we're going to be as Jesus was after the resurrection, what did He do? He spent His time discipling others. Loving on one another. Right? Teaching them. And that's the same thing with us. We should be doing the same thing as, as disciples in Christ. After the resurrection, Jesus lived uh, with the ability of supernatural power. He did impossible things. But you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And we forget that. We have the power to pray for healing. I think what gets in the way sometimes is we don't believe. Right? We struggle with that. You know? Uh, at, at the same time, that power of the Holy Spirit, is, you have to understand there are going to be Christians in heaven that's going to want to know what did you do? Because you had the power of the Holy Spirit. We didn't have that. You had that. What did you do with it? And after His resurrection, Jesus looked forward to heaven, knowing that that was going to be where, his, where He was going to reside. Um, and we should look forward to that as well. 
You do not belong here. This is not your home. It's not. Uh, and, and I and I know that's you probably go, man, I got a really nice home. <laughs> right? But this is not your home. Okay? Um, and, and so we need to remember that. So it says, if then we have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. So there's a responsibility in that. You are to seek the things that are above. And when you trust in Christ and you die with Christ, and now you live with Christ, it frees you to live for Him. To find sufficiency in Him and, and, and to have a relationship with Him. That's the beauty of Christ is that we literally have Jesus, right? Is, is Jesus that actually can, is the one that can heal the wounds of the past? That's, that's what Jesus does, not you, right? He should be our everything. He should be our sufficiency. And if we're seeking Him continually, that's what we should be doing throughout the day. It's something that Jesus did Himself in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says, "...in rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, He departed and went out to a desolate place, and there He prayed." And I love Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, because this is really the, uh, the life of a believer. It says, "...therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith." Just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Every time I read that verse, I think of Pastor Louie. Pastor Louie shared that verse with me, and he told me he didn't understand that verse until he planted a garden in his backyard. Because he, in his backyard, he had, I don't know how many of y'all have tried, I know David's planted, but there's, in certain parts of Texas, there's a lot of rocks. And Louis lived in a, in his backyard was a ton of rocks. And so he had to break the, break the soil down. And he, it was a lot of work just to prepare the soil. And he was like, now I understand what it means to be rooted. There, there's a preparation of the soil in order for those roots to go deep. That's why you need to be rooted and built up and established in the faith. The roots need to go deep. They shouldn't be superficial. You know, those, the, if the roots don't go deep enough, you won't grow anything. Right? It's such an important thing. And, and, and so for us, you know, one of the things that, that we need to do is we need to, we need to be seeking more of Christ and, and seeking less of this world. It's, it's in John chapter 3, verse 30, we know the verse, He must increase, but I must decrease. See, if I'm seeking more of Christ, I'm, I should be decreasing. Right? Some of us are, we're increasing. People are seeing less of Christ and more of you. That's an important thing. You know, we just came back from the men's retreat last week. And one of the things I always worry about, because I taught men's study for 10 years. And one of the things I always worry about with the men is how many of them are going to make it till Thanksgiving or till Christmas before they start screwing up again. 
That was my, always my biggest concern. Because we can go to a retreat or we can go to a conference and we'll feel like, man, everything, you're strengthened, I'm ready to go. And then you come back and three, four weeks later, boom, you fall. And a lot of people just drift away from it. And what I always ask people is, why did it require a conference for you to, to get motivated? And, and living for the Lord, it, it shouldn't require that. It should be that daily. And so if we're seeking Him, if we should be seeking less of this world and less of ourselves. I love it says that uh, if then of you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So where is Christ? He's, he's seated at the right hand of God. And, and we know that because it tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves, you, uh, now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with the angels, authorities, and the powers have been subjected to him. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12, it says, But when Christ had offered for all time a sacrifice for sins, He sat down at the right hand of God. See, our resource is Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, it says, Consequently, He is able to save to the othermost those who draw never near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. Seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for you. Right? It's okay. They need the Lord too. Yeah, no. It's alright. Uh, so for us, one of the things that we need to remember is that God is interceding for you. No matter what time of season that you're going through. Um, you know, it was one of the things that Ryan Reese was talking about. He, he went through a really tough season during the COVID season. It was really hard on him. Uh, and, and so uh, he said the, the app kept showing up on his phone. He goes, that stinking Bible app. He goes, it never gave me a notification ever. He goes, but for some reason it kept showing up and showing up and showing up. And he goes, and it would just... It, 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 I, he goes, what I learned is as I was going through that really tough time, the anxiety that I was going through, he goes, it was the Word of God that I cling to. And God used the Word to, to help me with that. And, and so, look, I mean, at the end of the day, there's, you know, that we have to remember there's no silver bullet to this world except for Jesus Christ. Right? He's the only one who's going to save us. And so we need to be actively, continually seeking Christ and being fully dependent, knowing that He's in control. Right? Abiding in Christ. And that means overcoming the flesh, the sin, and the temptations. And it's not something that you do on your own. That's why you are to be seeking the Lord consistently, constantly. That's why it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit... And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. In John 15, verses 4 through 5, very simply, how does the flesh not win? 
Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in, in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. You abide in me. The flesh won't win if you abide in me. Do me a favor and make sure he doesn't hit that girl. Just keep an eye on him. Let him know if they need to. We'll call the police. I don't mean to stop. I'm sorry. I'm not going to have that. Uh, I'm, I'm a, uh, me and Court, if we have to, we'll go out there. Thanks, Wayne. And, and it, it's just because I'm, my father used to hit my mom. It, it, it switches like that very quickly. All right, let's get back to it, man. Again, if you abide in me, right, the flesh won't win. Uh, and, and then in verse uh, 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. So we abide in Jesus. Apart from him, we can do nothing, right? So uh, Mark chapter 1, verse uh, 12 and 13, it says, The Spirit immediately drove him out of the wilderness and he was uh, in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan and he was with wild animals. The angels were ministering to him. So one of the things that we see is that even Jesus had the angels ministering to him. Even Jesus had the angels ministering to him. And that reminds us that for us is that you're not supposed to go through this on your own. It, it is so important to understand that to, to live this out practically, to do this as, as you're called to do, you cannot do this on your own. You have to be totally dependent on the Lord. Totally dependent on the Lord. And so the first thing we see is that we are to seek Christ, right? And the second point we see is that we are to set our minds on the things that are above in Colossians chapter 2, it says, uh, verse 2, it says, Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died when your life is hidden with Christ and God. Where Christ, who is your life, appears, then you, uh, you also will appear with Him in glory. Uh, there was a study that was done, uh, actually, in, in uh, UCLA to try to figure out how many thoughts we deal with on a, on a daily basis. And they, they managed to, through the, uh, through the study that they did, most Americans deal with fifty to 70,000 thoughts in a single day. Fifty to 70,000 thoughts in a single day. And so that means 35 to 48 thoughts per minute. And out of those, 70% are negative. Now, most of these people were probably believers. Because let me tell you something. If you're actively seeking Christ, now it doesn't mean that you're not going to have negative thoughts. But you're going to know how to deal with those battles of the temptation that comes when you, you're, you're going through that. But there's such a battle that happens with our minds. One of the things we know too is that your kids 
get more information in one day than we did as kids in a year. Think about that. They get more information in a day than we got in a year. See, them old phones work really well because you... The cord only went so far, and your mom would be like, you need to get off that phone. <laughs> you didn't get You only had three channels, right? But they get more information. And so one of the things that we need to remember is that if you're putting garbage in, what's going to come out? Garbage. What's going to come out? It's going to be garbage. And so that's one of the things that we need to remember is that as we... We deal with these things. We need to remember that we, if we continue to seek the things of this world, the world's going to pour out of us. It's just going to pour out of us. And so when we're, when we not, when we're not looking for the Lord uh, to live our lives, what happens is that we, we allow those things to start pouring out of us. We, we, we go back to those old habits and those things that we should have let go of because <laughs> we, we were, uh, you know, we're supposed to die daily. And so it says in, in verse, uh, as we look at verse 3 and 4, it says, for you have died. And so one of the things I love about that, it says you have died. You were raised with Christ. So there's a death and a resurrection. So that's why in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, it says, what, sh- uh, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were, uh, we were buried therefore with Him, baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the, the dead by the glory of the Father, we, we might too walk in the newness of life. In Romans chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, it says, For death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives uh, to God. You must also consider yourself dead to sin and alive in God in Christ Jesus. It also says that your life is hidden with Christ in God. So your life is hidden with Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Also in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, it says, By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promise, so that though, they may, uh, though them you may become partakers of divine nature, having escaped for the corruption that is in the world because of their sinful desire. You, the old is gone, Right? And, and so one of the things that happens is a lot of people, instead of being hidden with Christ and, and dying with Christ, is they want to go back and start digging up the old. You need to let that, let that person be dead. Y'all don't need to see the old Mike. My marriage shouldn't see the old Mike. My, my family shouldn't see the old Mike. It's, it's definitely something that, that they don't need. The other thing it says that when, you're, when Christ who is your, your life appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. So you will appear with Him in glory. And that's actually at the present time. We're raised with Him and enjoying a life that is not seen and understood by a non-believer. They don't understand it. 
But the day is coming where, dry, uh, where Jesus Christ will return for us. And, and some of us will go home to be with the Lord before that happens. But at the end of the day, we are to appear with Him in glory. And so when Jesus sees you as a believer, right? He sees you covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees His Son. When God sees you, He sees His Son. And, and so that's where justification comes in and you're uh, just as if you didn't sin. So when you give your life to Christ, your past, your present, your future sins have been forgiven. And, and so for us, it's a reminder to us is that you know, we have the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. We have Jesus that's interceding for us, right? And so I love this. You died, past tense, right? Your life is hidden, present tense. You will appear with Him, right? Future tense. And then you died, past tense, as born again. So you're, you're rooted in Christ. You're made new. And that's what that justification is. In John chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Has the old passed away? If you can't answer that question, just ask your spouse. They'll tell you quickly. Ask your kids. They'll tell you, right? So remember, you will, the future tense, you will appear with Christ in glory. That's, that's actually glorification. And glorification is we don't have to deal with this world anymore. There's no more bills to pay. There's no more sin to deal with on a daily basis. There's no more death. There's no more illness, Right? That's when we go to be with the Lord and we exchange these mortal bodies as we were all tired and feeling it yesterday as we all went home. As, you know, Ms. Elba told me when she did the, uh, the food bank, she was wiped out, right? And, and, but these bodies are, you know, they're, they're, they're dying. From the time that we were born, it was, it was decaying. Think about that. From the time you came out of the womb, it's been... It's been decaying because we've come into a world that's, that's decaying. This world is dying. And the people that don't know Jesus are as well. And Psalm 17, 15 says, As for me, I, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. And we know the verse very well in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 says, Beloved, we are God's children now, uh, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him. And then we see your life in present tense, which means sanctification. Sanctification. Your life in present tense is sanctification. The things that you're going through now is to prepare you for heaven. Right? It's to prepare you for heaven. So when we go through the things that we go through, God is using that to grow us, uh, sometimes to correct us, 
And then at the same time, to prepare us for uh, to be conformed, to be ready to be uh, received into heaven. And so that's why at the end of the day, you know, we see that struggle, that battle that happens between the flesh and the spirit. And, and the more that we give in to the flesh, and it's always, I think Billy Graham always said it, you can feed one, one dog and not feed the others. And, you know, which one are you feeding? Are you feeding the bad dog, the flesh, or are you feeding the spirit? The one you feed the most is the one who's going to win the battle, right? And so we need to ask ourselves that. And that's why it tells you in the next verse in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, put to death, therefore, is earthly in you. And he's talking about the flesh, oh, you the flesh. And then in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, he says, have put on the new flesh, the new spirit, right? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21, it says, Assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your, your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So our past, our present, our future, the total package, we give our lives to Christ and salvation. We have the justification, the sanctification, and the glorification, all that happens. That's all covered in those verses. And then he gets into, this is how you're supposed to, you need to put this stuff off, you need to put this stuff on. And that's how it should be. And, and so for us, you know, one of the things we need to remember is that battle of sin is consistently going every day. In Romans chapter 6, verse 6, it says, We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. So the question that I ask you today is, who's winning the battle? The flesh or the Spirit? The other thing I ask you is, what are you seeking? What are you setting your mind on? Right? That's a simple thing to apply in our lives today is as we, we look at this very simply is like we have to ask ourselves like are we setting and seeking the things that are above, right? And we have to ask that today because today's Communion Sunday, right? And with Communion Sunday, we, in order for us to take Communion, you know, it's, it's for believers, and, and, uh, and I'm not sure if you're watching online, if, you, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ or not. Um, one of the things that, that it says in John chapter 11, verse 25, it says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he died, yet he shall live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do, the, uh, do you believe this? And that's Jesus that's asking that. Do you believe this? Do you believe that I'm the only way? Right? Do you believe I'm the only way? There's simply four things that need to happen in order for you to receive Christ. You have to, one, admit that you're a sinner. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, every one of us. Right? And all it takes is that one sin, and we're found guilty. And the person that paid the sin is Jesus Christ. Uh, you can be not guilty by giving your life to Him, but... 
We have to ask for forgiveness and be willing to do a 180, to turn away from our sin. Sometimes our sin is so evident in what we just saw. Right? Very evident. And sometimes our sin is happening and nobody knows. You're keeping it in and nobody knows about it. Right? But we still need Jesus. And then we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and we receive Christ into our heart and our life. So if you want to do that, it's very simply based upon Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the, the prayer that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you're watching this from home, I, I believe everybody here uh, is a believer. If you want to go ahead and just close your eyes and we'll pray from there. Uh, and, and just say this prayer after me. Uh, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe in my heart you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, and be my Lord and Savior. Be the Lord of my life, and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.